0: What's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. We got a big show to get to. Uh, the Midsummer Classic was last night. Pretty huh? exciting finish on that one. Can't wait to hear Raja break that down. Like the sixth inning switch they made, you know, yeah. bullpen early. I can't, I can't wait to hear you. Was break there a that shift down. in effect? Maybe there might have been. Sorry. We're going to get your thoughts on that. Uh, there is a golf major that's starting, uh, tomorrow, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. flown under the radio. So Mark Immelman's going to join us on that one. Uh, he's going to break that down for us. Maybe we'll give you some picks on that one, see who we think is going to win. But there is huge NBA news to get to. And before we get started, I just want to remind our listeners, if you're listening via the podcast, you might hear some unique music underneath. It's called a bed. Uh, it's because we're doing some video stuff, which we'll have an announcement soon. You'll be able to watch us every single day. We're not quite yeah. sure of the date yet, but we are going to be on See, I'm, the video.
1: See, I'm learning on the fly, too. Yeah. What is a bed? Like, so it's what?
0: like when you hear us talking and there's a video playing. It's like the generic music that you hear got underneath it. it. So right. there you go. So you're yeah, learning. You're I got learning it. Yeah. On the fly as we go. So just a heads up to some of our listeners, but let's get to the biggest news of the day. It had lit yesterday afternoon. There started to be some rumblings that the Toronto Raptors were in play for Kawhi Leonard. Right. And I wake up this morning. All of a sudden it's blowing up. It's no longer a rumor. It seems like a deal is being finalized as Adrian Wojnarowski has reported that the deal is being finalized. And part of the package is going to include DeMar DeRozan going to the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard obviously going to the Toronto Raptors. This, I think, was a shock to everybody except the Vegas Sportsbooks who had it for a couple weeks now, had the Toronto Raptors as the favorite, but they were not, it was all, everybody was assuming it was going to be Philly or the Lakers. Then all of a sudden, Philly and the Lakers probably were looking at it saying, this is too much work. Like it's, they're asking too much. Like right. No way we're going to do it. So now it looks like he's going to be a Toronto Raptor. Your thoughts?
1: Um, I don't understand it. Uh, at like first glance, I just really don't get it. If you're the Raptors um, and you were going to get Kawhi, and you didn't have to give up Demar, so then you could put Kyle Lowry, Demar, and Kawhi together. Although it'd be really expensive because you got a 19 million dollar like luxury tax bill this year. It'd be silly expensive, but that could put you in the conversation. In the Eastern Conference, when when you give up Demar, who is a four time All Star, you know he's 28, um, you know had one of the best years of his career last year. When you give him up and you just replace him with Kawhi, I don't think that gets you over the hump in terms of like the the, the power structure in the Eastern Conference. So I didn't understand it for that. And also, um, no one else is willing to give up their Demar DeRozan. No one's willing to give up anything for disgruntled Kawhi at this point. And a San Antonio franchise, it has to get off of him. He, they've got to get off of him. He's yeah. not coming back next year. So I feel like if no one else was willing to give anything up for him, you're going to throw your all-star at him? It just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Not to mention that there probably got to be some ancillary pieces in the deal. You've got a bunch of young players that are nice pieces that they're probably going to have to surrender to get Kawhi. And all of this... um is knowing full well that he doesn't necessarily want to be in Toronto and that he wants to go to LA at the end of the season. I just I don't get it. The one thing that I may, the one thing that I that that I could kind of sift through the weeds and figure out maybe this was their end game was like they have a hot. They're the number two team in the NBA in salary next year, mm-hmm. um, and they've got a heavy tax bill next year, and then it'll continue. There's a repeater tax, um, and so if you get off of Demar. And then Kawhi opts to leave in free agency. Valentunas has a player option, and the money explodes, so he may opt out. Um, you could be at about $85 million, um of guaranteed salaries next summer. That puts you in the mix um, for being able to make some moves and attract some of these bigger free agents to pair with Kyle Lowry. Because right now, like there was very little flexibility in Toronto. So maybe this is purely a flexibility move. Uh, and from that standpoint, I could see it. But basketball-wise and, and and just purely, yo, know, I got over on you, yeah. you did not.
0: I think the Spurs won this one hands yeah. down because, like you were saying, I don't think they had much leverage. Everybody and their brother knew Kawhi and that relationship with not only Popovich but a lot of the teammates uh, on that roster who approached him and said, we need you. And I think he lost a lot of his teammates' yeah. support when he decided to shut it down last season. Uh, so I think the San Antonio definitely got this one. But I think what's going to be interesting is that they went from one disgruntled player to potentially another because DeMar DeRozan was playing with his, one of his best friends. Like him and Kyle Lowry have this big brother, little brother relationship. They've right. been very public about it. They get along great. I think DeMar liked playing in Toronto. And now he's not happy because he was told just a couple weeks ago, hey, you're going to be a Raptor. He comes out on his Instagram story and he says, quote, be told one thing and the outcome another can't trust them ain't no loyalty in this game sell you out quick for a little bit of nothing soon you'll understand don't disturb welcome to professional sports Period. like you know I mean just welcome to professional sports yeah. because there is no loyalty in it and it's a lot like life like there's not like unless you're your own boss and you have your own company there isn't a lot of loyalty it's, it's, out there and it's a harsh lesson to learn but everybody does it
1: it's business in general mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's hard for players because you know when you if fans typically side with like ownership and and do whatever you need to do to make my team great yeah and so you know they see it through that prism but players we become invested in like the franchise and we we we're aware that we're not the owner of the franchise but we feel like you know, we make as much of a sacrifice and pour as much blood, sweat, and tears into that product as anyone chasing championships and doing. And you be, you become a family, mm-hmm. right? And you know this. Like, you, you you know, you go to war with these guys. Like, you, you, your wives are cool. Like, your kids go to school together. You guys do holiday parties. So you feel like this is family and that, like, family wouldn't screw me over at the end of the day. Like, they just wouldn't do that to me. Right. But they would. <laughs> and, and they will. Yeah. If, as long as it nets them something, you know, in return that's better than you. And there's always a time in a player's career where that will happen. Um It's just crazy to me that guys still, at this day and age, I guess it'll always be like that, are surprised when a team looks them in the face and lies to them. That's his job. His <laughs> right. job is to lie to everybody. Right? The only person he's not lying to is probably his, his, his owner.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the guy he has to answer to. So from Toronto's perspective, because you're looking at this and you're saying, well, why would they take him? Why would they give up to Martyrus and get Kawhi Leonard for one year? I think the answer is obvious. I think they are going to try to use this year to basically do what Oklahoma City did with Paul George. No. <laughs> so you don't think there's – because Wise no. made it clear he's a West Coast no. guy. He's from California. That dude's a different animal. So then it's Toronto delusional by yes. thinking that? Masai
1: Ujiri is, is like swinging for the fences here. Maybe that maybe there's something to that. Right. like Maybe there's a little bit of pressure,
0: a little bit of heat coming from his sure. seat. Um, Obviously, see I, the reason I like this from – I don't, not from a, it's not very smart, but I kind of like it as a fan. Like, let's see how it plays out. Sure. It's because Toronto feels like it was tapped out. Like they had, they were the number one seed a couple years. They keep getting bounced. They fired Dwayne Casey for that reason. They wanted to shake things up. So they're saying, you know what? If we're going to shake things up, let's really shake things up. Cause as much as you change the coaches, it really doesn't change much. Right. What you're doing now, this is a major change for that roster and that team. And what we don't know, um, is you know there have been some rumblings in
1: that Toronto locker room over the last couple of years about people being disgruntled, and you know a, a couple of years ago uh, Dwayne Casey was on shaky ground with some of his players and manifested itself in a playoff series. So like we really don't know what type of dude Demar was. Like from all accounts he's been good, but you yeah. don't really know if there was a little bit of uh, tension between him and Masai or between him and anybody else in that organization. And I really believe like you you when you do have that knee jerk and you get rid of. When you get rid of Dwayne Casey, it, it alludes to you, like, needing to shake things up and there being some pressure to do so. Um, this is, this follows suit, but I really do believe that when you're ownership, not only are you worried about winning, but you're kind of, you want to protect that flexibility. Like LeBron wanted to go, like LeBron's sitting on a team right now that is squarely in the middle of the pack in terms of money spent. Mm-hmm. He desired the flexibility, uh, so his ownership could go out and shop and do, and it, it, from his experience, he hadn't been on a lot of teams like that. Like, that's kind of appealing to somebody. Like, hey, we got all this money to spend. I can go out and we can shop together and figure out what I like. Uh Toronto wasn't in a position to do that. And if they can come off of Kawhi next year, let's say he doesn't stay because there's not a chance that he does. Uh, and Valanchunas comes off of his deal. Though. I love Toronto. Look, I, I'm throwing no shade at Toronto. I like Toronto. <laughs> right. uh, but but – Look, there are some hurdles that you have to clear when you play in Toronto. Like, you're clearing customs every time you come back into yeah. town. That sucks. Right. At two in the morning. Like, you just played on a seven, seven game, 10 day road trip. Like, nobody wants to clear damn customs at two in the morning and then. Don't you like, get like
0: a VIP access line or anything? Yeah, but it still sucks. Like, right. you, still, you gotta go through go the through airport. Yeah.
1: Like, when you're at home, you go through the private airfield. Yeah. Like, when you're in Toronto, you gotta go through, like, the Toronto airport to clear customs. And like, I sound like a spoiled NBA player, but it, it just, you don't want to have to do that. But point being, they'll have some flexibility if they can, if, the dominoes fall the way they want them to next summer.
0: Where does this, uh, leave them in the East? Cause I mean, I think we always, I think everybody's talking about the Celtics and the Sixers and we're forgetting about the Raptors, which were the number one Forget the the best record. Forget the Raptors. Forget them. Done. Forget them. No, I mean,
1: they'll, they'll be, they'll be good. They, they have right. a culture Third of winning. Third best team in the East? They have a culture of winning. Yeah. I would say, you know, in theory, I mean, I'm going to put Washington up there because of that backcourt. Um, I, I think that they could be good, and they just and Milwaukee Bucks have to be like licking chops too because they're going to keep getting better. I think so. You've got now a, a, a pool of four teams um, in the Eastern Conference, maybe five, I guess. But they are they they can't be considered the favorite at this point. Like maybe they maybe they have the best record in the regular season, but when it comes push comes to shoving, it's time to win. Like you're going with the Sixers, and you're going with Boston, and then you'll start talking about Washington or Toronto.
0: All right, how dialed into you were the All Star Game? As dialed in as anybody else who didn't watch the All Star Game. All right, <laughs> I'm with you. Like I, I watched the intros. Yeah. I watched the first couple innings, and then I'm like, all right, I've seen enough. But this, it's not just because it's baseball. I don't watch any All Star Game. I Me mean, neither. I think All Star Games, as we know them, are a dying breed. I think they're extinct. I think there's no reason to even have them anymore. Right. Obviously, we know why they are because they still generate a lot of money from the TV ratings. Sure. But I think from a Competitive standpoint, they don't make any sense. I don't think anybody cares. I'm a skilled. I watch skill stuff with you, yeah, yeah, like, right, like yeah. like the home run home derby, run derby or three point shootout. But absolutely. I want no part of the games. Those are the better. Those are those are the more entertaining guys. So the All Star, uh, the American League won, which was no surprise to anybody. Their roster was absolutely stacked. Uh, Alex Bregman had the MVP, uh, the MVP of the game because he hit the game winning home run in the tenth. Uh, it was a lot of home runs throughout the games, uh, record ten home runs. But you also had. 25 strikeouts, which is basically the new baseball. This is the way baseball is going. I don't like it. I'm more of old-school guy. Like I have no problem watching a baseball game if you only see one or two home runs. But you see some strategy involved. You see some hit and run. You see a bunt and move a guy over. Right. Just a little bit more of guys who hit for average, who like to put the ball in play. And that is becoming a lost art. You're just not seeing that anymore. But I think baseball... The players are going all in. They're saying, "Hey, where's the money?" And you're seeing guys like John Carlos Stanton who you know hits b- bombs and gets paid $325 million. Right. Everybody's like, "Hey, let me hit bombs." That's what people want. And the analytics too are favoring swing for the fence. So that's what I was going to ask because, and the only thing I can liken it to because everyone knows I'm not a
1: huge baseball guy um, is the NBA, and we've lost a lot of a lot of the mid, like the meat and potatoes of the game, right? Like the the stuff in the middle. And what we're left with are layups and three point shots. Um, and very little creativity offensively. Like you're you're devolving into like almost straight ISO high pick and roll to either get a layup or a three, uh, because number one that's what they pay for, and number two analytically, like th- that's the highest percentage way to play. But it strips a lot of the nuance out of the game, a lot of the hit and run, so to speak, whatever the equivalent of that is in the NBA and and all of that stuff. So I'm like, is that the
0: same thing that's going on in baseball? Absolutely, and it's pretty clear cut. And I hate it in basketball too, right? Yeah, because you lose a lot of the what the game seems like it was intended to be. Like, it wasn't intended to be a three-point shooting contest. Correct. Baseball wasn't intended to be a home-run derby, It was just kind of evolved that way. And I don't think we can stop this. I don't think you can slow it down. I don't know that you can either. And my litmus test is
1: always, like, when I'm in there dealing with my young kids, like my my third graders, I got a third-grade team, a fifth-grade team, like a fourth-grade team. And so when I'm teaching them how to play and I'm showing them how to play, you can't teach a third-grader only a layup or a three like you can't shoot right. threes yet. You have to teach him the game. Yeah. You have to teach him how to play the game. Um, and so that's why I feel like it's fundamentally wrong what's happening in the NBA. I get that when you're you know, as skilled as some of these guys are like analytically speaking, this is the best way to do it, but it's taking like it's chopping the legs out from, from the game, right? It's ruining the, the foundation of the game, in my opinion.
0: So baseball, obviously, it's been a struggle for them. They've been on a steady decline as far as national exposure. Like football took over from them a long time ago as America's pastime. The NBA has passed them now as the, you know, is the, the second most popular sport in the in the country. And I think baseball has made it blatantly obvious that they know they're in this position and that they're desperately trying to infuse some youth, some energy, right. popularity into the sport. Almost so much so that I felt like, I don't know if it came from Rob Manfred directly, but at the All-Star Game, like when everybody gets there, it seems like there was a mandate to, hey, let's showcase... Are people, right? And Mike Trout's a perfect example because he's a guy who the popularity just isn't there. He's the best player in baseball and yet nobody knows who who he is. So Rob Manfred was asked about it. Says Mike has made decisions on what he wants to do, doesn't want to do, how he wants to spend his free time or not spend his free time. I think we could help him make his brand very big but he has to make a decision to engage and that takes time and effort. I don't like this from Manfred's perspective. You can't force somebody to be somebody they're not. And Mike Trout is just a, a reserved, humble guy. Right. Who likes to enjoy his offseason, doesn't want to be filming commercials, and you can't people will see through it if he's phony all of a sudden is out there, you know, celebrating home runs by doing bat flips. It's just not who he is.
1: When your is out there saying that about one of the stars of the league, there's a, a lack of, of star power in your league, right? Because there are plenty of guys in the NBA or NFL that are fantastic players, don't want any part of like the media or the social media. But there's a wealth of guys that do, mm-hmm. like other stars just thirst for that limelight. And that speaks to like the lack of marketable stars, like in MLB in terms of like on the broader scale. I'm yeah. sure there's some great guys in MLB, but you're talking about competing with, you know, the likes of, 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 of really like personable guys across, you know, the spectrum of sports. Um, that's, that sucks for baseball, but I was watching and I asked you, I asked you because I felt like, when I watched, I didn't know I watched like an end of the game, but like I felt like they were making concerted efforts, and I had heard about like the the pitch count, like the pitch uh clock, and yeah. speeding up the game. There was this one young cat; he was pitching. It seemed like every time the catcher got him the ball back, he was right to his glove, he was right into his motion, and he was firing it down there again. And just as a casual fan, I said, "Damn, he feels like he's throwing the ball really quickly." Yeah. Um, but it was moving, and I was actually just a little bit more like.
0: It It definitely helps. It helps from a viewer's perspective. I was always taught as a pitcher to work fast, like get the ball and throw it, like, but you see guys, and it's similar to golf, like you see slow golfers and you see fast golfers, and for whatever reason, a lot of baseball players over the past decade have gotten slower, especially from the pitcher's perspective. Right. But also hitters, like batters get up there and they start. All kind of stuff. They have their, you know, stuff with the gloves. They have their, uh, you know, pre-hit routine. Right. And it just takes forever. So if they can speed it up that way, that's the best message they can do. Uh, it was also, I thought, when you saw the players coming out for intros, there was a ton of, um, you know, s- s- uh, social media that just seemed like it was a force. Missive. Like yeah. it was a mission that the Major League Baseball was gonna be Social. And I just thought it played out a little bit like too transparent. Like just let it happen organically. Let your guys be person, let them be personalities and, uh, it'll happen eventually, but it's going to be, it's not like you're just all of a sudden going to be the most popular sport. Right. It'll take time if you have to do it. All right. Let's keep it rolling. You have to see it. So, speaking of socially, you know, active, Luis Severino took a selfie during the All-Star game. Uh-huh. And I guess uh, Jose Ramirez didn't get the memo because he's the serious guy. You know, he's the one that's not exactly getting into it. But this is exactly what I was talking about. Like, this is during the game, during a pitching change, they're out there like, hey, let's let's get a selfie out there. Like, cell phones in your pocket while yeah. you're playing. And I get it's the all-star game, I get this would never happen in a regular season game, but it just, it seems to me like this was the message that the players got.
1: Yeah, well, look, I, everybody's gotta do their part for, for a league and for a brand to survive, right? And so those guys have to, like, whether you love it or not, you gotta do it. I saw Matt Kemp, they had Mike, Matt Kemp, like, mic'd up, mm-hmm. and, and they were actually talking to him while he was in live play. Yeah. And so you could see him, like, trying to concentrate on where to, you know, where the ball was. I actually like that.
0: Me too. I love it. And an outfielder can do it. Yeah. you you're like, you're kind of, and they did it in spring training. ESPN did it. And I think it was Mookie Betts. Yeah. And he actually, he was talking to the broadcasters and there was a ball hit his way. He's like, Oh, I got to go. Oh, and yeah. Then you could hear him breathing. I was waiting for did that, but he didn't. That. Did. Yeah, that's great. Like, but then he went down and made the play. Right. And he was laughing about it and they were kind of giving a hard time. That's the stuff. If you could pull off in the regular season, that would draw a ton of fans in. Now the players, managers obviously might Wouldn't not like that, right. but let them do it. Like take that risk. Why not, why not do it? Uh, we've seen, Lonzo Ball rap. Right. We've seen Dame Lillard, Lillard rap. I want no more NBA rappers. You know, oh, you might want to hear this want, one, though. Wow. The GOAT The goat. this generation. Oh, You have to hear it. I understand you can compete, bro. But you yeah. see, hear this royalty.
2: You can't beat me. You better join me. Over six feet. Underneath. Underneath. <laughs>
1: underneath. <laughs> On my crown sheet. Why? my crown she. Stop. Because you know we
0: got it. That ain't bad. It. LeBron's got a little bit of... Hello, is, that, out there. is this new or is this uh, old it was from 2014 unreleased? Like this, oh this my unreleased God. track that came out.
1: I can't so listen. Everything LeBron touches turned to yeah, gold. Uh, like, what do I look like? Like,
0: LeBron, good for you, bro. Yeah, right? It was all right. Like, hey, everybody's putting one out. It's no surprise to me at all that LeBron had one at some point. I didn't love that. Everybody does it. I thought that was weird. Did you know you can get the best highlights and biggest sports stories right in your inbox every morning? I did. You can do it with the CBS Sports HQ newsletter. It's packed with all the good stuff you need to see before you start your day. Just go to cbssports.com hq daily to subscribe
1: okay well we got a manny machado update um everyone wants to know including the red sox all-star jd martinez uh if him going to the dodgers makes them the nl favorite
0: so, uh yeah let's have a listen to jd martinez
2: what it do manny real pop baby on day. manny where you going dog
0: That is fantastic. Like everybody's, everybody knows this is inevitable as the Orioles are the worst team in baseball. It's been the biggest talk basically outside of baseball the entire first half of the season. To his question, I mean, the Dodgers were there last year. They got off to a little bit of a slow start, but I would say yes. When you add his bat to that lineup, uh, the Nationals haven't been as good as we thought they were. The Braves have been the surprise of the season along with the Phillies. I don't know if they can maintain. And the Cubs, I think it's between them and the Cubs. Obviously, this is the best team in the National League. But if you add that type of talent to that lineup, I think it's a, it's no doubt that all of a sudden they become the National League favorites at, at what, like without question, when you look at the lineup, especially Max Muncie, like the breakout star for them. We saw him in the home run derby, uh, just the other night. Like this is a lineup, you know, it's a ton of power. They've also got pitching depth. Uh, so I think it's, it's absolutely going to be the difference for them. So it'll be it's it's and it's good for so it's it's basically the rent-a-player deal, though, right? Right. So he's is he gonna like and this is their opportunity. The Dodgers. Opportunities Say, hey, come with us. You get a chance to win a World Series. Look what we can do. And then maybe we can work out something long-term. The Yankees, on the other hand, who were a potential trade partner, they were like, you know what? We'll take them in six months. You know, we have enough on our roster where we can maybe potentially win a World Series without you, but we're going to become Colin as soon as you become a free agent. They're pulling the Lakers move. Yeah, the Lakers exactly. Kawhi move. Yeah, which I think is the smart move. I get you when you, there's only opportunities when you can win a, a World Series or a title. But sometimes you've got to be patient and say, you know what, let's try it with what we've got, and then we can make the big move as opposed to blowing up your whole uh, farm system. All right, let's keep it moving. All
1: right, so Le'Veon Bell update. He's going to skip camp, um, his his agent reports, after not agreeing to a long-term deal. Um, I think this was probably inevitable, right? But Ian Rappaport reported that only 10 million— um, of that was a signing bonus was fully guaranteed. So that kind of changes the way I feel too. <laughs> of, uh, about saying what I said yesterday. Right.
0: I think everybody did because yeah. I, I was looking at this saying, man, how can you pass on on big guaranteed money? And if it was only $10 million, that's insulting uh, from the Steelers' perspective if they weren't willing to go there for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, this will be kind of it's the norm now. Like, and if you're Le'Veon Bell, you're like, "Hey, I'm. Why would I go to training camp? Like, players hate training camp, right? Like, 97 percent of the roster, maybe the in every sport, honors because they get to leave their kids and families right. behind. Yeah, but they nobody likes training camp. It's a grind. It's wear and tear on your body. Le'Veon will be in shape as he showed last year. It's it's just gonna be an awkward year because Le'Veon has made it clear this is my last year. Right now. I think the good news is you'll get a highly motivated player because he wants to showcase his skills once again even though he doesn't need to but he's gonna try to get his market value up even more but it does look like he's gonna be all you know out the door when it's done so i do I, I, this deal, though, does not sound like they were very close. Right. And I don't blame Le'Veon for, for saying nope. Yeah, Le'Veon, I got to apologize to you, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's my bad. Um, but, but I got a question
1: for you. How long does it take in the NFL to get those C legs, those game legs under you? Like, I can equate it. Like, basketball it might take you, like, 9, 10, maybe 11, 12 games. What's yeah. that look like in terms of weeks in the NFL?
0: I would say one or two. Like, yeah. last year we saw Aaron Donald skip the first game, and he really wasn't himself probably until week four. Right. position. But, it's almost, it's almost like a boxer, you need to get hit. Right. You know how they say boxers, sure. like, you, get, you get kind of weathered. Same thing in football. Your body has to get like kind of callous to the hits that you're gonna have to take. So I would say a week or two. The good news for the Steelers is, they got Antonio Brown, they got Juju smith suster like they can they can say all right, we'll put a little bit more right. in those first couple weeks.
1: Okay, let's move on to the WNBA. Liz Cambage of the Dallas Wings, she scored 53 points last night setting a WNBA record. Um she was 17 of 22, 4 or 5 from the 3, and she had 10 boards and 5 blocks.
0: That's a pretty impressive night right there. Uh were you surprised that this is the WNBA record like that it wasn't higher or no. do you think it's about where you were? No, I start? thought it was lower. Oh, so like, I, and not not taking any yeah. skill
1: set. Away. I mean, I just thought it might be in the mid the mid forties or something like that. I didn't know somebody had fifty.
0: I'm surprised that I didn't know the name, and not to say like I'm a huge WNBA fan, but like Maya Moore, or, like that one's like oh Diana Taurasi. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know those guys. I have no idea who Liz Camp is, and it's not like the WNBA is this you know super hot league, right? But I thought it would be somebody that I know as one of the superstar players in there. A uh, little confession I have to make. I took a bet on the Dallas Wings versus the LA Sparks oh, last word, Thursday. Bro, you are. and won. They won outright on that one. They were a six and a half point dog, but they got Skylar Diggins who can play a little bit too. I like a hey, Skylar Diggins, and a yeah.
1: Skylar is right. one of my um yeah 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 yeah. She's, <laughs> Skylar's she's cold. I, I follow her on Instagram she's, <laughs> just know. to see her workouts. I mean, All right, got before good. we get into trouble, let's yeah. keep moving. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. Like it, love it, hate it. Okay, so apparently there's a potential universal DH rule. You like it, love it, or hate it?
0: Um, I like it. I would love it if you had universally gotten rid of the DH altogether. Like, I hate the fact that you have a different rule in the American League than you do in the National League. They, like, it makes no sense. Right. Imagine if the NBA, ridiculous. the Eastern Conference, they had no three-pointer and it just, it totally impacts the game. So put everybody in a level playing field. The reason I don't love it is because it's just get rid of the rule do you think pitchers would rather hit or would they rather have a DH depends just purely the, pitchers depends on the pitcher yeah. like Madison Bumgarner is a really good hitter he's like he's gonna be ticked at this rule because he's not gonna get to hit anymore other guys are like thank goodness because they're terrified to go up there even to try to lay down a bunt right like they just don't they're not used to it they've never been hitters and they want no part of it so it depends on the pitchers I would say as a whole, you would find more guys that are glad they don't have to go up there and get embarrassed. They're right. like the Madison Bumgarner's are hard to find. I think
1: about is this about evening the scales or is this about infusing think- more offense into baseball and trying to.
0: Both. Yeah. Both. Cause they, there's a lot of ones where it's painful to watch the pitcher try to hit. Like it, you talk about like athletes and we rip on soccer all the time. Yeah. There are a lot of pitchers who aren't very athletic and they look bad when they're at the plate. So it's a combination of both. All right. My wife and I argued about soccer and, and athletes <laughs> again yesterday, like heated. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's, <laughs> bro, she's heated. She's loyal, man. It's, it's hard. You can't have it.
1: All right. Like it, love it or hate it. Brandon Cook signs a new five year, $80 million extension with the Rams, uh, ties him to the Rams for a total of six years. Uh, average worth average worth of the extension is just over sixteen million a year.
0: I like it. The reason I don't love it is because Aaron Donald, one of maybe I think he's the best player in the NFL as far as the defensive side of the ball, still doesn't have a contract. So he's got to be looking at this, saying, "Where's mine? Like where? When am I getting mine?" And again, we talked about it just a minute ago. Held out last year. He's wondering when it's coming. But this to me does tell me. That something will get done with Aaron Donald. Cause you can't keep paying everybody else and keeping your best player, uh, at a restricted value. So, and Brandon Cooks has proven he's a, he's a, a top 10 wide receiver. Right. So he should be paid. Now they're going to lock him in. It's, you know, setting up a little long-term security for him and for the team moving forward.
1: Okay. Well, speaking of which training camp is starting already. The Ravens vets are set to report today, uh, as camp will all the way open. Now for Baltimore, most teams report next week, the Bears report tomorrow, like it, love it or hate it, training camp starting this early.
0: As a broadcaster, I love it. As a player, <laughs> I would have hated it. I, you, like, I, I don't know how you were. And I I would sit there, and my wife and I, when I was in the Denver Broncos, we'd go out to Vale. Yep. And it was like because you you'd work out, work out off season. You have OTAs. You'd lift hard. You'd do the camps. It was a little bit stressful. And I was always a bubble player, so it was very stressful for me because I was like, man, am I going to be here? I got to perform, or I'm right. going to cut. And I remember like being poolside in Vale at a resort. And just like looking at my watch saying, oh man, I only got like 12 (laughs) hours left. Like I only have (laughs) like back to school. All of a sudden it's going to be there and just the feeling of dread. And once you're there, it's not as bad, but I just remember being, and like you, you think I was bad? Talk to the offensive linemen and they hated training camp. Like they would have done anything to get out of it. Uh, so from a player's perspective hated hated it hated it going early but it means we're getting closer to football so
1: that's a good thing that's always good
0: we tease him throughout the show let's bring on mark immelman he is our good buddy here at cbs sports hq he's one of our golf analysts he's also a golf coach he's a podcaster as i got to go on his podcast the other day it's called on the mark make sure you go check it out uh mark good morning how are you doing thanks for getting up early with us
2: i uh, appreciate it man Danny, i'm great how are you guys doing
0: Fantastic. And if I, like, we're up early at 7.30, but I'm going to be up super early tomorrow, 4 a.m. I'm going to get up to be watching those first groups tee off. So officially, how do you reference this tournament? Like, what is, what do you call this one? (laughs) You're coming with the heavy hitting stuff from the That's right. That's (laughs) right.
2: (laughs) No, it's the open. Uh, I, I know it's hard for folks in the United States to comprehend, but it's been the Open since way back in the day. I mean, it's the world's oldest championship, so it's always been the Open. I know some, some folks in the, in the U.S. think of the U.S. Open as the Open, but it's the Open championship. Sometimes the British Open, but for me it's the Open.
1: Mark, will, will Carnoustie wind up being as much of a storyline um, as Shinnecock was this year at the, at the U.S. Open?
2: Well, for different reasons. I think Shinnecock became a story because how the conditions got over the weekend. And uh, the the, the cool thing about the RNA and their course setup, and of course the RNA are the governing body um, of the Open Championship, you know, they just let the course be. They let Mother Nature have her say. um, So if it's firm, it's fast and scoring is around even par, that's how they have it. If the wind blows and it rains for four days straight, that's just how it is. They don't try and defend the course. The course just is. If it's soft and receptive and the guys are shooting 20, 25 under par, that's what it is because, you know, in the end, low score is the champion, whether it's 15 under or 15 over. So a will be a storyline because it's just – downright difficult. It's demanding. It's long. It's narrow, like 7,400 yards worth. And and you get a lot of crosswinds over there. Now, this week, the course is quite firm. It's quite quick. There have been reports from folks that the fairways are running out some 50, 60, 70 yards at times. And and Tiger was quoted as saying that that some fairways are running quicker than the greens are because the, 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 the RNA will keep greens a little slower in case the winds get up unlike what happened at Shinnecock Hills. So, uh, yeah, the course will get some conversation just because of the fact that it's a true brute.
0: So when you look at it, like I was watching some of the highlights, and the first thing that jumped out to me, and it really does every time the British, or, excuse me, the Open Championship is on TV, is that it looks brown. It looks, you know, browned out. It just looks faster. And then I saw some video of these balls just rolling and rolling and rolling. And you mentioned Tiger talking about, you know, saying the, uh the greens are actually slower in the fairways how does that impact tiger's approach with the driver like are we going to see him hitting much more uh, irons off the tee
2: well i would think so when he won at Hoylake, uh royal liverpool back in 06 i think it was i think he only had one driver for the week and it was firm and it was quick then not as fast as what the fairways are playing right now and um, so i'm imagining tiger will go with a number of irons off the tee which plays into his favor honestly um you know, if there's a shot that he's battling with right now, in my opinion, it's a ball that moves just a little bit from right to left. He can go to that left-to-right fade shot all day long. And when he's played well, he's went with a low driving stinger off the tee. So, Carnusti only has two holes, by my count, that sort of moves some from right to left. So, I think conditions are playing to his favor. I think the firmness will allow him to be defensive and kind of iron club you to death with the approach shots. And then what I like, too, is... Slower greens, like they have over there, they're like ten and a half or so on the stump meter, they mitigate pro- putting pro- problems and Now you put it better at the quick and Loans National. he's last than out. But on slower greens the 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 more average putter can be more aggressive, they don't get tentative in case you run it a few feet beyond the hole so So I think right now, Danny, that the conditions are sort of setting up into Tiger Wood's favor.
1: That's interesting. So, I mean, I got—I asked the question then because I was going to ask you about DJ and does he deserve to be the favorite? But who is your favorite to win this week?
2: Uh, my favorite. Look, you—you got to go with the form horses. DJ, Justin Rose, McIlroy is always a factor. Um, uh, but I'm this week. You know, I'm—I'm going to go with a reliable ball striker. I think Tommy Fleetwood is a very good pick this week. The, the young Englishman. Last year at the Open Championship, at his home course. Much was expected, but there was pressure playing in front of his home fans down at Birkdale. He's coming off the a PGA Tour finish at the U.S. Open where he shot a final round of 63. Missed the cut at the French Open, his last event out. But the way he hits it, you know, he's turned into a major championship player. I would say Tommy Fleetwood is a good pick. And then if you're just looking for someone just outside the radar a little bit, look at Russell Knox. Uh, Carnoustie is a thing about spitting out home champions. You know, Paul Laurie one time, the Scotsman. Russell Knox, a Scotsman, playing beautifully. uh, Won the Irish Open, finished second at the French Open the week before. I I wouldn't be surprised if if Knox isn't a part of the Sunday Reckoning also.
0: So we've seen some older players win the open. We had, you know, Tom Watson had an incredible run just a few years ago, uh, when he was getting up there, but also the average age of the previous six open champions is 38 and a half, uh, where the average world rank of the previous five is 16, uh, point eight. What, why, why do we see that happen, uh, usually at this, at this major?
2: Well, I just think it's because of the nature of the open. When you play a PGA tour events, Uh, the game is kind of played in the air. So if you're a power guy like a Dustin Johnson or a Justin Thomas or one of those guys, you've got the leg up because of probability and the game is played. And when the ball hits the ground, it's at the end of its journey. At an open championship, when the ball hits the ground, it's at the beginning of its journey because the ball wanders off into all little humps and hollows and stuff. And, and so with the older guys, you don't have to be as powerful off the tee. You can kind of rumble the ball down the ground. And and creativity and imagination and experience and all those sort of uh, things that you can't measure, they're a big deal in an open championship. And, you know, Watson, five of those things, he's seen the comings and the goings. And and so you'll always have a few of these stories just because of the way the golf course plays. And, and for me, that's what makes it so much fun to watch because you know is going to be a veteran who's going to be part of the storyline on the weekend.
1: So speaking of veterans, this guy's a younger vet, but Ricky Fowler, like I'm always interested in him. How much longer do you imagine we'll be saying that he needs, he's going to break through or that
2: he's the best golfer to never win a major? <laughs> Roger, that's, an, that's a fantastic question. You know, if I knew the answer to that thing, I'd be retired on some <laughs> island somewhere with a Mai Tai in my hand right now. It, it's it, He's got all of the tools. This young man is powerful. He's accurate. He's, a, he's a, a wizard with the media. He cuts great. He's got imagination. He's got a respect for the game. I mean, Ricky Fowler checks all of the boxes. But it's just so hard to win. And you've got to have an element of luck that goes your way. And and people criticize Ricky of not finishing. I don't think it's that. I just think that, you know, the competition is just so stiff week in and week out. And back in the day, David Duval was criticized for the same thing. And and he shot 59, you know, won an Open Championship, you know, potential World Golf Hall of Famer in the future. I think Ricky will get his when it's going to happen. Maybe this week. I You know, I just don't know
0: all right let's have a little fun mark we're going to go off the rails here a little bit with some superlatives as we finish off with every guest all right what I, I thought it was 4 a.m because that's usually when i start watching but the first tea times are at 1:35 a.m eastern time that's, here in the u.s that's what, that's, that's what i wanted to say i mean you're waking up late dude I'm right. <laughs> 25 with coffee so what is the best and the worst part about those early tea times Um, best part is certainly if there's weather
2: coming in, you're going to have the advantage. worst part is that you've just got to get up so early in the morning. I mean, for a 6.30 a.m. tee time, you're going to be at the golf course at like 5.15, and then little roads and stuff. You sometimes awake at like 3.30 a.m. for the competitors.
1: Oh, my God. All right, what's the best word to describe the run that Francisco malinari has been on recently?
2: Virtuoso. I mean, this guy, I, I called him for CBS at Quicken Loans. It is just so sexy the way he's playing. I mean, hit in the middle of the club face, and, and he's just unflappable. I would say it's it's virtuoso the way he's playing.
0: Who has the best hair on tour besides <laughs> besides Tommy Fleetwood? You can't say him with those locks flowing out the hat. Um, Jamie Lovemark.
2: Uh, he sort of hides the hairdo underneath the cap, but he's got some – He's got that whole do thing going on when he takes the hat off. He's pretty cool. All right, last
1: one. Month that we're most likely to see Tiger versus Phil in the Mega Money matchup.
2: Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> a good question. Um, probably late season after Thanksgiving, you know, when, when, when football's on and we're trying to gin up some some energy for the for the PGA Tour.
0: Awesome. Hey, Mark, great stuff. Appreciate it. Make sure you go check out Mark Immelman's podcast. It's called On the Mark. Well, your last episode was the best ever, right? Uh, I was by far in a way with <laughs> <laughs> are going crazy. There's
2: just a whole bunch of
0: folks over in Europe that
2: are, are tweeting us. They're like, how do we get in touch with this guy? He, he doesn't know what he's talking about.
3: <laughs>
0: awesome. Great stuff. Hey, enjoy the open. Enjoy the golf this weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: Appreciate you guys. Take care.
0: Well, as we do, let's finish off strong with a little topics. What do you got for us, Debo? So- topics.
3: John Wall, one of the best athletes in the world, but according to Danny, not an athlete at all. I might have to take his side on this one. All-star festivities in D.C. He's a notable D.C. athlete. Oh. This hitting attempt Bro. is pitiful. John Wall should just stay away from baseball in the game. Oh, no extension. And then this, this is from four years ago. That's him hitting. This is him throwing oh, out the first worse. pitch it's, it's, at it's a Nationals worse. game, and like Danny said, it's worse.
0: Oh, <laughs> I mean... That is brutal right there. Uh, like that's
3: 50-cent bad. Like that, that's how Can bad he be that considered is. an athlete? Every Yeah. No. He, stop. No. He stop can't. it.
0: They're, by my rule, to be an athlete, no. you have to be able to throw a baseball okay. or football. You have to throw both. Okay. You have to be able to hit a baseball, and you have to be able to shoot a basketball. If you can't do any of those you're done you're not you're an not athlete. athlete no because you UCLA because you played football university. baseball and basketball yes. that's the requirement right there those are very basic things you I think about. that
1: every kid should be able to throw a baseball catch yes. a baseball hit a baseball i agree yeah. with that i like i at just at do take some
0: contact you and know and at least get into the catcher it does not have to be a strike he's he's like case in point. like you they're like
1: these kids have to play one sport so early now, and they never. But there are a lot of guys like that, dude. There are a lot of guys yeah. like football players. If you ask him to shoot a basketball, you'd be, you've seen it. Odell Beckham Jr. tried to shoot a basketball, and it was ugly. was it ugly? And, like, oh my gosh, it was all back here. It's criminal, man. Awful. That, how you many sports to do the basics. How many sports can you not? How many sports are you not proficient in?
0: uh like like major sports. Major, <laughs> <Soccer>. major sports major sports major sports um Debo said water polo i'm yeah. good at water polo i can Kicking swim a soccer i can ball. tread yeah i can, can oh, play soccer yes i showed Debo video i right. have video that we're gonna have to show sometime tennis yes, yes. right you're you could swim yes. you play volleyball yes yeah see like All that's what I, like that's that's an
1: athlete we're at that's why yeah, you right come to this pod right that's why you're at this pod these are two athletes
3: <laughs> hey let's stick on world-class athletes uh playing sports and not playing them super well. So Neymar, Danny, your absolute favorite. Uh, he flopper. shoots a three-pointer, it goes in, but it's about as unimpressive of a three that you'll ever see. So check this out. Neymar on the court. Oh. <laughs> it goes in. Oh. You can't argue with the results, right? Yeah, that's right. No, All that you got to do. How about that crib though?
0: How about I'm, that? I'm distracted by this court in the backyard Jesus. with He's him got his and face MJ. Up. Like on the huge mural in the background, I'm that's just be like, nice, that's Raja. Break down that exactly. motion. I hear yeah, How about the the chest no? That's chest.
1: exactly where you want it coming from. Right from your hip, like right from in front of your belly button. Yeah, if like you're
0: eight years old, and you can't <laughs> shoot it correctly. But I mean, he's an, he's an adult. He that's should ridiculous. be able to shoot it with a little form. That is awful. That's not helping soccer's cause either.
3: <laughs> so let's go back to an old segment, which I don't even know if is that great, but we just kind of latched on to because it was during our rehearsal stage. We've come a long way since then, but it's softer than Strasburg. Talking about Neymar, talking about a D.C. athlete in John Wall. This guy at a pickup game called the cops because of a hard foul, something you've never <laughs> seen before. And as our guy, Trap Money Benny, tweeted, today, for the first time in my life, I experienced someone call the police because they got Fouled hard in basketball. The police came to the gym. The police said they've never seen it before. Apparently, it was just an aggressive screen.
1: Dog, you come in there with two arm sleeves in camo print. You are the type of dude that would call the cops on a hard foul. That is like, come on, man, you're this that guy.
0: Such weak sauce. Like this, oh. this is so awful. First of all, you need to ban him from. He playing can't it, come back ever again. He like here you here can't he. come back. Take those camo arm sleeves and go somewhere else. Around, Second of all, instead of like if you're getting fouled that hard, just go back and foul hard back do and like yeah, it. do something about it. Calling the cops is the weakest move I think I've ever seen. Like even, how do you look at yourself in the mirror after doing that? That is so lame. I can't believe it. Like I, I don't even like if I was friends with that dude, I'd unfriend him.
1: I know our job like is Facebook. to talk about like stuff like that. Yeah. But that is so stupid. I'm not even gonna, like I'm not even going to talk about it. That does no. not even deserve or like a response. Exactly.
3: He's got, no, he's not allowed to play basketball run. anywhere ever. <laughs> That's right. Again. Raja Rolls, bring another okay. segment back. Um, so new Gators coach Dan Mullen, known for his shoe game, showcasing his Yeezys a couple years ago. Well, at SEC Media Days, he unveils these Nike Florida theme sneakers. Ooh. He claims he has more swag than some of his players. Is, is that true? Ooh.
0: I can't like those shoes, right? Like I just can't because they're orange and blue and they have the Gator logo on them. They're hot. He does have the connects though. Like he had the sweet Adidas deal. Now he switched schools and I didn't, I didn't know. Florida might be a a Jordan school. I didn't think they were. I I looked that up this morning. I couldn't, I couldn't find that. I think they're still just Nike, but he's obviously the head coach. He's going to get some pull, but those are pretty sweet, but they're not as sweet as these. They're not as sweet as these bad boys right here with the logos on the front. Now those are—that's the color scheme that we need to get more of right there. That's, that's the color scheme. Those of are like generic
1: trunners. <laughs> that man had on classic J's with gaiters on them, bro. Hey, those Nike. are like generic fly knits. Those up, are the coaches' Nike. shoes. Cause we know we have That's what they sent to all the DCs and OCs yeah. and like the strength and conditioning guys. Yes, <laughs> even the team, like
0: the athletic trainer. Yeah, they wear those with but the hey, khakis. At least I got them right there. Where Cause I your, got nothing from FIU. Exactly. Where I don't even you?
3: know who we're, I think we're like, we might be ASICs by now or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. exactly. All right, what, we got so one more. Florida unveiled Jordan brand uniforms yesterday, Danny, for the first time. So yeah. they are Jordan brand now. Mm-hmm. Um, our final topic, quickly, I just want to ask. Manny Pacquiao fought and won this weekend. He said he'd be interested in a rematch with Floyd Mayweather. Oh. Is there any interest in that, quickly, yes or no?
0: No. No, time is running out. I think we saw last weekend he's getting up there. It, I wouldn't want to see it. It'd be one of those ones that would be hard to watch.
1: I wouldn't pay for it,
0: I'll tell you no. that. I would rather see McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, and yep. MMA. Stop. Yes, that's what I want to see. All right, we'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, hopefully somebody's <laughs> listening to us. All right, that's a wrap for us. Make sure you check us out. We'll do a little college football tomorrow. As always, go check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at Canel Bell.
3: Boom. <laughs>